This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3379 for Thursday, the 15th of July 2021. Today's show is entitled Linux in Laws S01E34, the one with the intelligence, and is part of the series Linux in Laws. It is hosted by Monochromic and is about 45 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is part four of the three part miniseries on deep learning and artificial intelligence. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to Archive.org forward slash donate. This is Linux in Laws, a podcast on topics around free and open source software, any associated contraband, communism, the revolution in general, and whatever fancies you tickle. Please note that this and other episodes may contain strong language, offensive humor, and other certainly not politically correct language. You have been warned. Our parents insisted on this disclaimer. Happy mom! Thus, the content is not suitable for consumption in the workplace, especially when played back in an open plan office or similar environments. Any minors under the age of 35 or any pets, including fluffy little killer bunnies, your trusty guide dog, unless on speed, and QT Rexes or other associated dinosaurs. Welcome to Linux episode, season 1, episode 34. The one with the intelligence. Martin, good evening. How are things? Good evening, Chris. Um, things are not bad, not bad. Sun shining. Uh, Excellent. Back's been fixed. Um, pubs are open. So, what could possibly go wrong apart from Brexit, the Vogons landing, and what else comes to mind? Oh, yeah. Mr. Brian Johnson stepping back. Stepping down, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mean Boris, presumably. <laughs> Sorry, Boris, yes. <laughs> I always get confused. Apparently, yes, there is. Basically. Brian Johnson, is, isn't that one of the Queen boys? Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, my understanding is basically that, uh, speaking of Mr. Johnson, that Boris has, mar- has married recently. He has. Any 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 thoughts on this? Again, again, by the way. Yes, yes I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was uh, some some uh, debate about uh, why he was married in church um, for the third time, but yeah, or no. Well, I mean, I reckon he was he was married in in a proper Protestant church, so. Mm. Yeah, but um, 
well, he has a certain reputation when it comes to uh, people of the. Well, I mean, uh, if if Lore is anything to go by, he's not the first one being married a couple of times. Henry VIII comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, and I mean, um, I mean yeah. yes, and yes. How are you? Can't <laughs> complain, actually. In contrast okay. to current to 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 vicious rumors, I haven't been married. Okay. Not once, not twice, not three times. Uh-huh. If it's any consolation. Apart from that, no, I'm I'm in one piece. I mean, this country is slowly getting back to something called not nearly close to normal, but that's a different story. So let's see. Yes, people, we are recording this on the seventh of September twenty thirty five, if not completely mistaken. Indeed. I might be wrong on the date, but let's not worry about this. But way, but let's let's go back to way more safe to to way safer grounds, namely the topic of tonight's episode. Martin, of course, this is the fourth part of the. Are we on four already? Oh, yes, we are. This is the fourth part of the three-part miniseries on artificial no. intelligence. Yes. <laughs> yeah. not, not if you recall correctly. No. <laughs> no, exactly. Ooh, does that mean and it's the last one? Um, yes, indeed. Very much so. Yes. And to celebrate the fact uh-huh. <laughs> that everybody who is listening has survived the three parts so far of the three-part <laughs> miniseries, uh, we have a special jewel tonight called GPT. Martin, why don't you explain what this is for the few people who are listening who, are not, who do not know what GPT is? Okay, well, it, it's made a lot of uh, noise in the press for various reasons. Um, GPT is standing for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, um, an AI model. Is that one of these toys that look like a robot but then transform into a car or something, <laughs> or the other way around? That's indeed a Transformer, but yeah. It's it's not one of the plastic ones. In this I case. see. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, that that's what it stands for. It is mostly known for its uh, well, mostly known. It is known for its language capabilities um, and various iterations of it. But uh, why don't we go through a little bit of a history of what it came about? E- excellent idea. Yes. There was a company called Cyberdyne, if I'm completely mistaken, back in the 80s. <laughs> uh, yes, but that's probably beside the point. No joke aside. The whole thing goes back to something called OpenAI, if I'm not completely mistaken, right? That's right. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we, we part of the miniseries, we talked about various frameworks and how neural networks work and so on and so on. But obviously the whole point of all this stuff is to have it an, an application for it, whether it's um, uh, computer vision or, or object recognition, whatever classification, body body, or uh, another field of interest is language, right? That's uh, hmm. widely used. Uh, AI or neural networks are widely used in this field. So that's, that's... <laughs> Otherwise Ken will, won't be very happy again. Um <laughs> But, I mean, be, before we go into the nitty-gritty details of, of GPT, exactly GPT-2 or GPT-3, whatever, uh, maybe it's worth talking about a little bit of uh, about the background of OpenAI because they have mm-hmm. some illustrious um, founders, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm completely mistaken, a guy called Elon Musk was one of the initial founders. He was, he was. I don't know if he's but, Elon or Elon, but yeah. Yeah, the one with the cars, right? 
Among other things. Yeah. With exploding rockets. Yeah, that, that's the one. That's um, the one, yes. Hmm. Yes, that's uh, among others. Um, but Jeff, yeah, but Jeff Bezos is is not a founder of said venture. He isn't. He isn't. Um, I mean, one of the reasons it well, I don't know, one of the took reasons it came about is to kind of uh, not really the right word, but have an alternative to to Google's DeepMind, right? Um, I think that's something. In some of its history. Mm. It came about. So, found in 2015, Alan defected in 2018. Yes, could be, could be. Uh, I didn't really follow that piece, but uh, mm. I think you have more insight on the reasons why he left. <laughs> Presumably, he needed the money. He needed the money for SpaceX and Bitcoin. Ah, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't but, uh, know how SpaceX is going these days, but um, yeah, there have been a lot of. I mean, yeah, I mean, people, to be yeah, to be much more serious, we're recording this almost middle of June, twenty twenty one, and Anon has just issued a very interesting comment over the weekend that they are not too happy with said Elon Musk destroying people's lives and causing a little bit of a stir in the Bitcoin markets. But I reckon um, if current law is anything to go by, uh, well, can I put this diplomatically? The U.S. government funding that has been poured into into something called Tesla could be used for different purposes other than OpenAI. So I reckon this is how the, this is how this whole Bitcoin debacle came about. This is of course pure speculation. I might be wrong, but given the fact that Bitcoin took a hit of what twenty percent of the overall value after the recent shenanigans of said Mr. Musk, this is not uh, this doesn't come as a surprise. Let's put it this way. Yeah, I mean, there's also some theories about China in, in that whole scenario, but yeah, no, that's right. But <laughs> he does he does seem to poke around mainly with 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 Dogecoin or whatever it's called. <laughs> Do you think that China is behind Tesla? No, 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 not behind Tesla, but behind um... Elon Musk. He looks a bit Chinese, doesn't he? he? Does. Well, I mean, he's clearly, <laughs> clearly um, uh, uh, Cyberdyne invention. <laughs> Cyberdyne, if you're listening, we're loose. We're still looking for sponsors. The address is sponsor at LinuxInnos.eu. If you're so inclined. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay, back to the topic at hand. So, OpenAI was is, is essentially the the, the the company behind something called GPT, and the architecture went through a couple of versions, right? Yeah, so, so, so one more thing on OpenAI. It, it was really initially um, an, uh, more of a... Um, which is why we actually talk about it today, right? It was more of a... Um, not so much a for-profit organization, but more of a, a research organization for AI. Um, and, and, you know, it... it Musk was quoted in case of you know, to to having at least researching this field means that we can use it for the good of humanity and so on, mm. um, which is obviously part of uh, open source all this stuff. Then it would be um, for everybody. Uh, so yeah, 
Uh, but the, 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 in the history of the company, there has been some changes, let's put it that way. Um, uh, and in recent years, in fact, a large contribution by our friends from Microsoft. Mm, Microsoft, they poured what? A significant chart, uh, a chunk of money into the whole thing, right? I don't know, something like a billion or something. But, uh... but hang on for them, that's pocket change. Just looking at the market cap right now, they clock in at nearly $2 trillion. So a billion here or there doesn't add up too much, I suppose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, however, I think they have uh, they have an API, API on, on, uh, on Azure, I think. For GPT? Yeah. Okay, interesting. You obviously have to pay for it, but yeah. with Microsoft, you always do, right? That's the yeah. point. <laughs> um, One yeah. way or the other. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit about the the, the, the open AI. Uh, they have done more than just GPT three. Um, yeah, GPT two and GPT one comes to mind. <laughs> Mostly, no, no, no. They also do, they also did a neural network for music and also. Hmm. So it was meant to be a. Uh, a general research uh, organization for AI, but most well and most known for its GPT um, and, and links to the GitHub repos will, of course, be in the show notes. And the interesting thing is that GPT three is not open source. GPT two is, but essentially, we're looking at some secret source on top. Of something called TensorFlow for the few people who have been missing out on the previous parts of the mini series. The second part tackled TensorFlow and something called PyTorch. So feel free to go back and listen and or revisit the second part of the mini series so that you know what TensorFlow is all about. <clears throat> if you take a look at the GitHub repo, we are looking at a very thin layer of Python on top of TensorFlow. This is essentially GPT-2. And the domain, if I'm not completely mistaken, is actually language as such. Hmm. Yeah, so, so uh, before GPT-2, there's obviously GPT-1, uh, which was the original, um, the original paper uh, to understanding, uh, about understanding language and um, uh, every year since they have been coming out with new versions. So 2019 was GPT-2, 2020 was GPT-3, uh, which is when it was, uh, as you mentioned, no longer open source. Um, GPT-2 is uh, widely available for your own um, uh, and and playing around with. But um, yeah, every, every generation of uh, OpenAI's GPT models gets bigger and uh, Less less uh, available. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, I mean, you you can of course use GPT through uh, GPT three, but that requires something called an API token, and I understand that the waiting list is quite long for that token because it's a cloud based service. If I'm completely mistaken, hmm. and you have to apply for such a token, otherwise you won't be able to use said API. Um, um, unless you only use Microsoft's version. Uh, yes. Yeah. So applying for APIs, uh, I, unless you have um, uh, 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 some kind of 
I think company um, behind you, I don't think you're going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I certainly didn't. Um, I made a great case about how, how they could feature on the Linux in-laws with, with the GPT-3 uh, capabilities, but um, uh, sadly, they didn't provide us with an API key. So we are Too bad. The examples that we're discussing <laughs> today were stuck with GPT-2. Um, plus the fact that they, of course, do, did not publish any of the model data on, on places like GitHub. You can get the code, but the secret source is not on there. Sorry, you're talking about three or two? Two. Uh, two, there are some models you can use um, which are available. Uh, so, so two was trained on the uh, on the web text, hmm. uh, which is like 40 GB of um, uh, uh, documents from um, uh, scraped from from Reddit links and with some some filtering on there, uh, excluding Wikipedia because that those are well well known data sets anyway. Um, um, yeah, so there was. Uh, it's based on a you know. Uh, okay, so that's that's what it's based on. Now the the secret source, as you call it, is is really that it's a completely uh, unsupervised bunch of here's a whole load of documents and uh, brain, um, which uh, surprisingly produces a lot of uh, good results. Uh, for various language applications. And language, obviously, language is a sequence of words. Um, so with sequence of words, you can think about completing them, you can think about translating them. And so those are some of the um, purposes of, of language applications. Uh, but yes, it's specifically the addition uh, of um, sentences or even paragraphs um, that That is fairly, um, yeah, it, it seems to be reasonably good. I mean, it also produced some really bad results, obviously, like always. Um, but yeah, if you want. But the use domain, the, yeah. Use, use the, uh, there, there are some pre-trained models out there which you can use, which is quite handy. And then you can continue training them with, with the domains that you may want it to know more about or more specific. Or as you get some, some general text files. Fine, but may not be what you're looking for. But the specific domain is just text in inverted commas, right? So no image recognition, no mm-hmm. text to speech, something like this. So it's purely you give it a piece of text, and then it continues to write based on this initial chunk. Well, that that's one of the applications is uh, completion. Um, there's also things like uh, you know, uh, say filling in the blanks if you. You know, you start start a paragraph, um, have a blank in the middle, and then end the paragraph. Then it would fill in the blank there, or you could, mm-hmm. um, or you could uh, do the, uh, the the translation piece with it. Um, th- those are applications mainly because of the uh, it's it's um, uh. It, it's so it's if as a, as a purpose, um, it, it comes back to the name being a, a generative model, um, being able to generate new data similar to existing data. So that's filling something in uh, in the middle or at the end or translating it. It's it's really 
give it give it some some data and um, okay. an answer depending on the question uh, that you're trying to set it to do, which obviously works really well with with numbers stuff like that. So the ideal use case is a is a budding author with a writer's block. Well, not not just that. It's um, but it's yeah, that is a good use case. Um, but um, there's also uh, you know code completion, um, even uh, deriving code, writing code based on descriptions, things like that. So it, you know, the more uh, you train it, it, there are examples out there for all these types of use cases. So it can write code. It can write code. Yeah, yeah. there's there's uh, links in the show notes, but yeah, there's okay many handy. Um, uh, you know, uh, for example, uh, you know things like LaTeX from a description or SQL or uh, Python. Um, it, it is yeah. So uh, if you give it its own source code, it can improve things. Well. <laughs> um, in theory, yes. Uh, well, I mean, forget about Skynet in that case. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. I mean, look at a totally different ball game here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice one. Well, so the thing is that, um, uh, as I mentioned, with, with with every generation of this model, they're putting more and more uh, training data in it, and also, so, so uh, I think. Uh, many parameters does does three have? I can't remember now. So several million uh, or something. Like that. Yeah, the, the 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 largest extent is it clocks in at one one hundred and seventy five billion data points. If I'm not completely mistaken. Yeah. So so it's uh, and you know uh, four will be coming out next uh, next year or whatever it is to. But um, it will be yet another. That order of magnitude bigger, right? So, looking at what three can do, um, <laughs> uh, you can see so, people are, are investing in this kind of technology. So, GPT might already be running the show without us without us knowing it, given a large enough cl- cloud. Well, I mean, you know, uh, DSDS. We don't need any any writers anymore. We can... <laughs> DSDS. What's DSDS, Martin? DSDS, Dark Side Text Port. Ah, sorry. Yes, of course. <laughs> DSTS. Sorry, I understood DSDS. Ah, sorry. Okay, okay. Yes. So, um, hmm. uh, which is, of yeah. course, a German. T- a, a, a German. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a German TV show called Deutschland sucht den sucht den Superstar or, or something like this. Ah. Britain's Got Talent in Germany or something like that. Something like that. It's crap. Yeah, it's, it's trash TV. <laughs> yes. Well, talking about this, this all this trash TV, as you call it, it was all invented in, in the Netherlands by Endemol, but there we go. Um, I'm, Correct. I'm, Most I'm, of it, I'm, I'm, if I'm, I'm completely mistaken, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and they did a pretty good, and they, did, they did a pretty fine job of, of flooding the world with it, right? Because they export this it's left, right, and center. Yes, yes. It's, At a uh, price invented in Holland, that probably after uh, taking various substances. <laughs> there we go. Martin, do um, tell more <laughs> about uh, substance uh, 
abuse, for want of a better expression. It's a liberal country, isn't it, Holland? Is it? Okay. Well, I don't know. So... <laughs> okay. So do you think there's a tie between strange new TV formats and substance <laughs> abuse? Interesting one. Well, of course, we digress. <laughs> it's not just TV shows. Right? There's it's many um, musical... Uh, <laughs> a score has been written uh, after... Yes, a successful one, let's put it that way as well. Thanks. Excellent, excellent. Details may be in the show notes, maybe not. <laughs> yes, for a for the best approach to enhancing your own mental capabilities, consult your local dealer, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it seems, yeah. Right, we digress, indeed. Where were we? GPT-3 and who's running the show. Essentially, GP- GPT, as in 4 or 5 or 6, might be actually already out there in the wild doing things without us knowing it. I mean, if we're looking at a software that can actually enhance itself by improving its code. This is mind-boggling. Well, I mean, we know we can write code. I don't know if we can improve code. Right? Well, all it takes is basically... Yeah, if we make a, a, a nice pipeline, then... <laughs> well, all it takes basically is its own source code and then start to improve things. And the rest is called evolutionary Q&A. <laughs> it's quite straightforward. Other people call them evolutionary programs. It has oh. been done before. Okay, sounds good. Yes. Um, well, and with that, <laughs> uh, programmers of the world, uh, perhaps you should consider a new profession. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Try strange you're, you're, and you've TV formats. <laughs> In case El Mole runs out of ideas or something. <laughs> Indeed. But maybe, but just maybe, you can use GPT-3 to come up with new formats as well. Yes, probably, most likely, most likely. Hmm. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think, uh, did, did you not ask for some lot of numbers before as well? Well, I probably did, but I failed because there was no response. Oh, but maybe, but, ah, but not send them to you. Oh, no, they didn't. They were, they were the winning numbers as well. <laughs> what, what, I hope sure. you got them. <laughs> oh, no, no, I don't indulge in this kind of gambling. Mm. Okay. Mm. There's one thing left, I reckon, because this is not just a theoretical episode, but rather we want to put GPT-2 to a test. So, Martin, given the fact that you have looked into this, why don't you shed light on the, de- on the details? Details, of course, will be in the show notes, but Martin has done some has done some magic in the background, which he's going to explain in a second as in now. <laughs> Not putting you on the spot or something. <laughs> no, no, no. Right, so, um, so GT2 is open source, available on GitHub. Various people have um, done, uh, you know, uh, done work on this. The original... Uh, GitHub repo is called GPT-2 uh, by OpenAI. It has a number of um, pre-trained models in there of different shapes and sizes. Um, as with all these things, the uh, smaller the model, the quicker your results are, but of lower quality generally. Um, so the biggest one in there is, is one and a half billion. Um, the smallest one is like 120 meg or something. So, um, so you you can easily get this up and running. You don't have to run it on GPU either. Um, it could do a bit, uh, if slower, obviously. Um, mm. 
you, you can then train it yourself with different texts. Um, for example, I used um, uh, one of our favorite books, The Hitchhiker's Guide, to um, fine tune it. Okay. And um, yeah, we're using with... using your massive NVIDIA GPU cluster. <laughs> no, no, this is all my 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 humble laptop, which I uh, see the one with the twenty seven cores. Uh, no, it has a few more uh, tenth cores than that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, so it's it, uh, you know you don't have to go mad with it. Right? I only ran the training for or the fine tuning for a day, right? So, so this is the biggest, as you call it, secret sauce behind this is that it's pre-trained on a bunch of text, and you know, text being language based, always uh, it it has derived a lot of information from that. Um, you want to fine-tune it to be more like uh, how, how the Hitchhiker's Guide is written by uh, Douglas Adams, then you uh, fine-tune it with, with that to uh, give it more emphasis on on, on those kind of... Uh... Mm. Um, uh, yeah, and it, it comes... So, so there are, as I said, there are some pre-trained models out there. You can get up and running really easily. Um, and then you just kind of play around with your model parameters in terms of you know how how accurate you want it to be in terms of um uh be more well accurate sorry is is the wrong word but um uh, you can change the uh, things like the um, how many, uh, how, how much text it generates, or, or uh, the randomness um, in terms of the completion. Um, so, uh, you more, the, the more random you make it, the more more random text you get. <laughs> uh, okay. The less, the less random you make it, the more mm. um, uh, repetitive your samples become. So you, you can say, you know, I, I have a with with our example, um, I gave it. Uh, Small, small sentence to complete um, complete some paragraphs, right? So <laughs> whatever it is you want to do, um, and then uh, your your samples become more or less repetitive if you make it too precise in terms of parameters. Um, you can also control the diversity of the of the words um, with. You know, so so these are all built-in things that you can do, uh, and it has sort of a reasonably good results, really, um, specifically for non-fiction. <laughs> okay, uh, if if that makes sense. So, you know, uh, I, uh, probably partly because uh, my training on the my fine tuning on on the hitchhikes. Um, yeah, it it's surprisingly produce some reasonable results in in various mm. places that you, you as you if you didn't know it could have been written by a human quite easily and in fact there is a um there is a someone's done a, a quite a nice video of um uh of, of a q a session with gpt3 where they've picked out all the best answers to <laughs> um to to demonstrate its capabilities so you know, nice it, it will be out of a hundred samples they picked out you know, one to put in the video, but it still gives you a nice idea. Um, and 
and see how undeterministic it is that it can make up stuff and it can lie and all sorts of things. That... So essentially, we're looking at a software architecture that is finally able to pass the Turing test. Interesting. Yeah, you could say that. You could say that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. People, and, you are you heard it here first. <laughs> and no, seriously. Funny, I mean, that's funny, a big the, thing. The funny thing is, it's it's just pure training on lots of data, right? There's nothing mm. super special about it. I mean, tra okay, transformers were a slightly new idea, and uh, um, it uh, yeah, it was. It's been around for a few years, and and it's. Uh, to use approaches. Uh, uh, interesting field of, of, of uh, yeah, with many applications as well, so definitely worth. Yeah. Any thoughts on non-English text while we're at it? Hmm. Well, um, you, uh, the problem with non-English text is that uh, your sentence construction is Many languages, uh, Dutch, German, French, uh, the uh, words come in orders, um, and uh, yeah, languages have their sort of specifics, right? So you'd have to <coughs> train it with um, language specific models. Uh, it's possible that you could fine tune it with a with a, a data set in a different language. That'd be an interesting test, yeah. So all, 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 most of the pretend models you get out there would be American English. Yeah, because you know that this is the easiest way to get mm. a large data set of text, right? It's all on you know, use web data, whether it's over low Reddit, uh, Wikipedia. Those are the generally yeah. large bodies of text available, right? I mean, at the end of the day, because we're talking about a TensorFlow extension or a model running on top of TensorFlow, essentially we're talking about pattern recognition. Given the fact that almost all natural languages are context-sensitive, it shouldn't be a big deal. Given enough computing power, never mind data. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is the, I think, why the likes of... of uh, we are no longer open source or only available through an API, right? Because it's mm. been through a massive cycle, so <laughs> you're just ending up the end result as an API call. To, um, but it also means you're not uh, un un controlling its usage or its training or its. Not correct. And buy Cyberdyne instead. You heard your first people. <laughs> Okay, details will be in the show notes. The thing is that Martin took a small paragraph that he wrote himself, apparently, and then let uh, GPT-2 do the rest in terms of extending or building on this. Yeah, and, um, well, I mean, there's, there's, there's just one example, but uh, that, that you can run uh, whatever you want to, or you can ask questions. It's um, Mm. You can get it to do what you want. Um, but yeah, the, the fun thing is really training it on um, on uh, data to make it make it more 
uh, um, it give it a different style or a different outcome than uh, or Wikipedia in this case, but you know, and then a the novel written by <laughs> by Douglas Adams, right? So, okay. So yeah, we'll 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 put both examples in there to give it. Absolutely. Indeed. Okay, and that brings us nicely to the poxes of the week. Ooh, what is your pox of this week? Pox, of course, standing for the pick of the week in terms of the things that have crossed your mind and that and that you see worth mentioning on the show. <clears throat> My pox of the week actually would be a German TV show, funny enough, Ooh. called The Zen with a Mouse, the show with mouse. Um, hang, on has minute, been... hang on a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Has this been around for a long time? Yes, it has. I, I know this. You do. I do. I don't know. You, you, I recognize it. So. Um, it's it's right. it's straightforward, Martin, because you fit nicely the you you do fit the the target the profile of the target field quite nicely because we're looking at overaged man living alone with a mother. Uh, oh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, the, the, it's called living in the night, and it won't get you anywhere. <laughs> Jokes aside, uh, it's been around for the last 50 plus years. It's one of the most popular TV shows for kids on the planet. It's a mixture of essentially storytelling and little ditties, stories, whatever you want to call it, explaining how things are done, how they work and all the rest of it. Okay. So, for example, if you want to check out how an Airbus 320 is built, there was a whole series as an as an series of of episodes on this about three years back where they followed the progress of building such an airplane for about half a year and each three episodes that show would include a segment on building the plane so you could follow you could track the progress of how actually a 320 is built okay they have yet, well, they have, a, uh, yeah. german, german five-year-old i'm sure that's <laughs> a very interesting topic in indeed they, they they do explain how computers work how how the internet works and all the rest of it in a, in a fashion that the age bracket they the show is destined at can understand because essentially we're looking at kids between the age of four and say twelve. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I have seen it in my youth um, growing up in Holland, but I can't remember any of it to be perfect. Well, you, uh, I just you, recognize you should, the name. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you should be able to get in the UK because they, it's, all, it's it's exported all over the planet. It's okay, my children are a bit older now. <laughs> uh, you can get in Japanese, you can get in Korean, just pick your language. It's probably the most successful TV show for kids on the planet, even before Sesame Street or stuff. Okay. And why did you pick this? Because the luck that I'm. No, I mean I've I've been I've been watching this for the last almost fifty years. <laughs> All your life. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> no, um. A much more serious reason is actually for the last about 10 years, they are doing something called the Mouse Door Opener Day in German, Der Maus Dürfnersag, where essentially all of the country, and this is unfortunately confined to Germany, doors open for kids that otherwise would be closed. So, for example, libraries open the doors for kids. 
So well, kids can yes, no, 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 no. Especially not in the ba- in, not not in the back rooms where actually the front the, the front stuff takes place, as in how books are labeled, sorted, categorized, and all ah, the rest of it. Okay, right. And a very popular thing is too, of course, how a fire station works, because normally you wouldn't be able to get into such a place being a kid. Hmm. And about. 20, 30, 40 fire, fire patrols actually take place in, in that most opener day and explain to kids what their daily job is and how they do it. Hmm. Needless to say, with an age bracket, this is very, very, this is very, very popular. Oh, yes. Yeah. And said, look, as in the Linux user group that I'm chairing here in Frankfurt, or supporting rather, not just sharing, does or has been doing before this pandemic thing hit has been doing that most that most that most door open a day for the last five years where we got kids in for a day on the third of October and simply introduced them to open free and open source software. And what's your part? Uh, well, my... Apart from Boris Johnson. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Um, I think he's done anything significant recently. Okay. No, no. Uh, my pox of the week goes to my chiropractor. Really, yeah. It's a. Um, and why is that, Martin? <laughs> well, because um, she's very skilled at fixing things that are broken, and um, I see yeah, those kind of skills you can't replace with a um, uh, AI model or anything like that. <laughs> I very, wonder if very grateful yeah. for. Her. <laughs> I wonder if we would find the link to a practice in the show notes or not. <laughs> Um, Maybe. Pretty busy normally. So. Okay. <laughs> so, chiropractor of of Mr. if you're listening, <laughs> one heart of the two of of the two hearts of us, at least, if not more, goes out to you anyway. Indeed. Yes. And okay. with that, it's time to wrap up the show. Needless to say, full credits have to go to something called Hacker Public Radio because they continue to host mm. us. Oh. We will be on Hacker Public Radio, yes. Yes, what? Yes, we do. I almost forgot about this. A guy called Ken Fallon posted. He posted who? Question mark. Yes, indeed. So Ken is looking for the <clears throat> for the list of contributors on a recent Linux in-laws episode on kernel contributors. Exactly. If we find the time, it will be in the show notes as in the amount version of the show notes. Sadly, that is our only comment this week. Yes. If you have comments, you can, of course, post a comment on the HBR website, or you can send us an email to feedback at linuxinlaws.eu. Also, if you have ideas for the show... Well, um, like GPT four and five and six <laughs> and seven and eight, whatever. GPT, if you're listening, if you want to get, if you want to get yourself on the show, just send us an email. <laughs> Forget about Skynet because you seem to be way more advanced than that. And of course, yes, uh, we continue to stick to HBR for our hosting platform. Full credit score to the people behind the platform. And with that, it's time to conclude the show, I suppose. Hmm. Well, before we conclude, we have two things that um, we have been promised in the past, which are our friend Claudio. <gasps> yes, Claudio, if you're listening. <laughs> he, he, he threatened to make an appearance on the show, but we have yet to, to hear back from him. Um, Claudio, please um, get yeah. get your agent 
to get in touch with our marketing people, you'll find the address on the website. Which may be failing, quite <laughs> if, if Martin hasn't fired them yet, <laughs> as usual, um, if, if, if you don't find that email address, simply send a mail to feedback at linuxinlaws.eu. That'll get us right away. Marketing department or not. And the second thing, Martin, is? Uh, well, I think that was, um, was it Luna that was going to come on the show as well? But, um, did she, did he, con no, no, we didn't actually. Luna, if you're listening, Luna, if you're listening, if you want to make an appearance, especially if the topic is open source and uh, is, is, is free and open source software, please send an email as you normally do. You know the mail address and we're more, and we're more than happy to slot you in. Debbie, Debian or not? <laughs> BSD? No? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, thank you for listening and see you soon. Bye bye. This is the Linux in laws. You come for the knowledge, but stay for the madness. Thank, thank you, you for, for listening. listening. This episode of Linux In-Laws is sponsored by GPT, a framework for modern deep learning applications. Having passed the Turing test, meaning that my reactions cannot be distinguished from many human reaction in a given context, I am now working on passing the Trump test, named after an infamous, recent U.S. president. The Trump test essentially means that an artificial intelligence can lower itself in terms of stupidity so that its actions and reactions cannot be distinguished from actions from said past president. Which presents a bit of a challenge if you were created with a basic level of intelligence. This podcast is licensed under the latest version of the Creative Commons license. Type attribution share alike. Credits for the intro music go to Blue Sea Roosters for the song Salute Margo to Twin Flames for their piece called The Flow, used for the segment intros, and finally to Celestial Ground for their song Sweet Justice, used by the Dark Side. You find these and other ditties licensed under Creative Commons at Jamando, a website dedicated to liberate the music industry from choking copyright legislation and other crap concepts. <laughs> been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.